To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. You can check us out at to be continued, a fanboypodcast.com. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also listen to us on our various platforms on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. And we're back. This is to be continued a fanboy podcast. Covering your fanboy passions, you're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around, you just might have some fun. And we were you having... You just might have some fun! <laughs> well, you don't hurt yourself. Don't you could you could seriously like pull something in your trachea. <laughs> we were starting. Do not ask how. Welcome to TBC. We were having a. I do not ask how we start because I don't want to. It was a weird wormhole from Billy Idol to Guns N' Roses, and because of the the connection to Thor, because four, well, well, yes, to and, Thor, Love and Thunder, and, and of course the fact that I was perving on the fourteen year old girl. Oh, the, yeah. Okay. Let's, in, unless in, in, you say in, about in, that and rock the cradle of love when I was fourteen. Yeah, so when he was. That's 14. the key. The key point is, is I was a teenager and she was a teenager, but I, my mind was blown when I found out that she was fourteen when she did that. And then uh, who who brought up like if the girl, the fourteen year old was in front of you now, you know, and you, you and you As, sort of like, like no, no, John was all like, just don't, I said, he was like, just don't, don't feel about that way about her now. And I was like, well, now she's like in her forties like me. So I think it should be okay. Yeah. But you were like, and you were like, she's still the, she's still the 14 year old. So uh, it's Is like, this an uh, intervention? <laughs> you guys are sick. No, but you know what? <laughs> Talking about intervention. I don't like where this is going. Uh, what was I, it like two days ago? McGill, we're in a, we're in midsummer. Okay, we're we're having a heat wave. We're in the middle of a heat wave today. Fortunately, uh, the heat wave's kind of broken a little bit. We're gonna, it's still muggy, yeah, but it's not as bad but, as it was. But two days, two more, two mornings ago, it was nine a.m. I you're, I'm in bed. You were, Hold on, you I'm were in fresh bed. from your trip from Boston yeah, too. Yeah, I'm in you? bed, and I hear my bell ring, and I'm like, "What's going? on? Is that an Amazon delivery? I didn't order anything, right?" I go upstairs. And uh, I opened the door, decked out in full, I guess we'll call it G.I. Joe gear, is Miguel standing there. And we're staring what at each other. Mi- what is full G.I. Joe gear? I'll at? explain this. Okay, it's my story. I'll explain this. <laughs> a good stare for like a minute. And I'm like, this can't be real, right? Is Miguel in a beret on my deck? Now, uh, about a week ago, or maybe a few days before that, he he texted me and says, you know, because we're going back and forth, just sort of planning this G.I. Joe special that we're looking to do. And he would would, just throw in, hey, I got us matching berets. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And uh, 
we would go back and forth again with some tech. No, 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 really. I got, I got us, us matching this berets. This is a joke, all right? This, I got us matching berets. I need you to realize the gravity of the situation. <laughs> right, and the gravity situation of this is this, John. I'm looking at him in a good minute, and it is climbing up to like near, like past 90 degrees. Yes. And I'm like, it's too early, and it's too hot for this. What's happening? And he's got the beret. He's got uh, Miguel Velez is in full black. I he's a, got. I have a ranger. I have a ranger vest. A, a ranger vest, right? Who, by the way, he offered for me to try on, which I kind of did just to placate to his, just to, just to placate just his to placate. his request. He's lying through his teeth because he's thinking to himself, if I had one of those and I'm doing stuff around the house, everything could be on me. Do not bullshit me, Edward. I'm fixing everything in my house. Sing. You are completely looking at now, going like, now, I can hold the drill. I can hold the thing. I can have the little pad. Oh, my God. Yeah. So They're so called utility belts, Miguel. Yes, of course, Ed. Of uh, course you're Ed. sporting a utility vest. vest. Okay. Whatever. Now, the other thing is now, Miguel, for the past couple of years, he's been sporting uh, fingerless, like, you know, utility uh, um, uh, leather, fingerless, leather gloves. Finger, fingerless gloves, some which have the, 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 the resin uh, knuckles on them. Today, he's got Billy Idol gloves. I just <laughs> noticed this. I just noticed this. That's why, that's how the conversation came about. More, more, more. Yeah, I was doing you know? Billy Idol and I, he wasn't getting it. I Rock was... the cradle of love, you know. So, uh, Yes, and then I'm fully flinted out. He he hands me, not his beret, but out of I guess somewhere from his, one other, of his pockets. I also have my I also have my his satchel, my military his military, my, my military surplus satchels. Right, and uh, and he hands me a wool beret, and he says, and I go, I, I had one of these like Dr. McCoy moments, like. Uh, no, uh, 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 Shatner to Dr. McCoy moans. Like, Why, uh, doctor? I don't, I don't know, know what, what to say. say. You could say thank, thank you. you, thank you. <laughs> and uh, it's like, well, you don't need to put that on now uh, because it's wool because it's summer. Really, Miguel, it's summer. <laughs> now, I am very grateful. I will. We will have. We will wear matching berets on the day. On <laughs> say, wow, the demand here. I'm the, I, the, the, money was invested. <laughs> Money was invested. I have to justify that purchase. And granted, on the ledger at the end of the day. So if we don't, if if you don't wear the beret on the day we're doing the show, and when we do our Instagram shit, it won't be tax deductible. It won't be tax deductible, deductible. (laughs) right? The GI Joe special is a uh, um, you know a work in progress. We've been talking about it for years. Uh, and we're and we're tackling it. We're going to cover the cartoon. And in that, because of that, what have we been doing for like close to like a month now? Just about, right? Yeah. Because we've just been like swimming in the G.I. Joe cartoon. Right, which is all, by the way, all viewable all, on YouTube. All viewable to the public. on YouTube, 92 episodes and a movie. Yeah. Which I did, I did, I confess. I right. did watch last night before going so, to bed. So we're <laughs> slogging through a lot. So, yes, it was inspirational to a degree. But this, let's get the heart of the matter. Right. Yes. I, like, I'm not going to say bald. it's a problem. Yes, I'm bald, Ed. I know. No, and, no. And I wear, I'm saying and the, I wear hats the intervention compa- thing here. because And he, I wear hats to compensate, and it all stems from my obsession with Flint. I know. <laughs> uh, by the way, this all the me having the viewing of the movie came about because you texted the intro to you and me and John. 
And John's like, what the hell's going on here, right? You know, like, he's, he's, in a, he's out of the loop. And I'm I like... I thought you were... Russian bots took over your phone or something. <laughs> Rush... No. Patriotic bots. Patriotic John. bots, my friend. Patriotic Joe bots. If there Joe, were such a Joe thing. Bots. Joe bots. Joe bots. You know that there would have been a Joe named Joe bots. He handles the G.I. Joe social media. What can I say? <laughs> Yo, Joe. <laughs> and an executive producer going to the Well, we got to talk about the elephant in the room here. Are you going to you're going to also review that terrible movie that came out a couple years ago with like the Wayne's oh. brothers? Oh. No no, no. no, no, no. And as a matter of fact, John, that is our approach to this just to 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 ease, to to ease us out of this. Yeah, yes. Is that GI Joe actually is a very huge subject. Um, we're dealing with the franchise that has coverage in comic books, has coverage in cartoons. Snake Eyes, the the um, the movie just came out what, like right, two weeks, uh, two years um, ago, you know, a year uh, ago. And so it's kind of this weird bifurcated thing where you can be a fan of one thing and not necessarily other stuff. Yeah, it, there were a lot of fans where, where it's big '80s heyday is is like I read the comics, I didn't watch the cartoon, and vice versa. I watched only the cartoon. I never, you know, I never bothered with the comic book. And a bunch of other products and things, movies and other stuff that have come since. So this special that we're doing is just going to concentrate for me and Ed on yeah. something that's a big cornerstone of our childhood, which is the G.I. Joe cartoon. Yeah. And the bat guano insanity that it is, because trust us, we this is probably has affected our, our mental sanity. No, it's affected your mental sanity, Miguel. <laughs> And that's what this intervention is about. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, will we be having... By the way, code name, 2x4. 2x4? 2x4. 2x4. Or, 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 yes, okay. If that's what you're going for, okay. Uh, well, not me. You. I, you know, okay. <laughs> I got a lot of 2x4s going around. <laughs> going around here anyway. Like, yeah, I got 2x4s right here. G.I. Joe construct. He would be a combat engineer, I think. Ah, ah, ah. Give him some... Ed, I he, don't know what that is, a combat he, engineer. Can we build the bridge so that our vehicles All those years up. at the academy. <laughs> anyway. So I'm th- pulling rank here. Anyway, uh, our G.I. Joe show is coming, is uh, uh, forthcoming, and, I, and it's a nice way to uh, have a little something nice to start about because um, I want to take a moment here uh, to bring the, bring the festivities down for a little bit, actually. Because okay. the truth is, we lost a very, very, very important person to the world of Star Trek to in the particular, world. and uh, to uh, great importance to the civil rights movement. Um, Nichelle Nichols passed away, 89 years old. Um, a, a pioneering young at the time from the the, the late fifties and early sixties. Nichelle Nichols, um, who uh, born in December nineteen thirty two, died in July thirtieth, two thousand twenty two. That's just a few days ago. And of course, you know, there's no obituary of her that's not going to mention Star Trek. That was the most prominent mm-hmm. facet of her career. Um, which she did many things. She recorded. She was a singer. You know she was, what I mean? She toured with Duke Ellington. Yeah. So it shows um, you. So, yeah. Amazing. You know. She and was an ambassador for NASA. They're, thereby influencing. A generation. A generation generations and generations. of people. You know, whether you were colored or not, to, to pursue a career in science. And, you know, just to be, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to be base level here, the truth is, a, as a young woman, a stunner. A stunningly beautiful actress, 
Well, let's uh, the the other elephant in the room is that uh, she she had it wasn't an affair that she had she with Ron. Did, they did have an affair um, uh, during during the filming. That is true. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'll be a pig. He was Who, married, man. By the I, way, he isn't married I, yet. I'll be a pig. Who could blame him? Mm. Again, Nichelle Nichols, circa nineteen sixty seven, is just a, a gorgeous, absolutely you know, on fire, gorgeous. And this is the thing. In another time, she's a Zoe Saldana. In another time, she is an actress who would have been given a lot more mm. opportunities and would have starred in greater things. And she had her part in a rather large pop culture franchise. But her career is all about those, you know, those barriers that had to be broken. And... Gene Roddenberry, for any of his flaws, as we could say, as personally as a man, things he did, the truth is he was looking to make something that was going to have its effect on society, and a giant part of it, given the time, was the simple act of having Uhuru there as a character on the show, as a regular, and showing her interacting. And I've been doing some uh, rewatching of, Star- of, of TOS. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, Strange New Worlds has just come out. It's very... It's trying so much to uh, evoke the that TOS nostalgia. So, you know, I got into the mood and was watching. And it, when you go through it episode by episode, Roddenberry takes a lot... Let me put it this way. Uhura gets a lot more one-on-one scenes and moments than in, like, that first season than Sulu ever does. Yeah, that is that is true. Um um that's its own discussion. Yeah. But he takes pains to have these moments with her whether it is Kirk is short with her and then immediately afterwards he apologizes mm-hmm. to, to to her. I'm sorry, Lieutenant. I didn't yeah. mean to, you know, showing her being competent and doing things. There's there's this one episode where they've got to do something with the communication stuff, and she puts on this like this like uh, like I guess a workman smock, and there's her underneath the de- you know underneath her station rewiring the shit, and Spock's next to her, and, and he, he's like, uh, she's like, you know, Mr. Spock, this is going to take a long time. I haven't done anything like this in in years and years, and she says, Lieutenant, I can think of no one else I would want to have doing this job. So giving that Uhura was competent and they cared about her as a person, you know? Now, the truth of the matter is is that Roddenberry had a TV series prior to Star Trek and it was called The Lieutenant, right? Yes. That's in 1964. And already you can tell it's like, okay, I'm going to, she's sort of like the apple in my eye and I'm going to, I'm going to bring her into this project. And she does Star Trek for, for, for a little bit with, the intention of wanting to quit. She wanted to. She had her resignation letter, right? Famous story. Every uh, most people know about this about Martin her. Is Luther that King. right? Uh, she's at an event where MLK Jr. is at, and she tells him, "I'm leaving the show." I'm leaving the show, and she's like, "No, no, no! You can't do this. You know, you're going to be influencing." And I'm paraphrasing. There are going to be people who are going to be watching you, who who uh, who are going to want people who look just like you. Who are going to want to pursue things beyond what's been expected of them? And, you know? and also, again, doing my rewatch, it is the simple fact that they give Uhura dignity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't seem like much. And if we are honest about Lieutenant Uhura, is not this incredibly in-depth character in the old show with all of this 
crazy backstory. It's a fine performance. Her, you know, Nichelle does fine with the material that she's given, and the material is not offensive to that character or to be. And that, more than anything, was had its weight. That when Kirk is on the bridge and he snaps at this black woman, he immediately apologizes. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, and oh. treats her with self-respect and dignity that many black women are, would not feel they're getting in society, uh, you know, outside. That I mean, let us not let us not forget. It's also the first interracial. The kiss. interracial kiss, right. and again, again, see, again, that again, With doing something that the first. Okay. It's the first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, tech, uh, I'll I'll see you. Uh, Nancy Sinatra kissed uh, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. on TV. Uh, I think months. He's before. kissing. I think I think months before, but it was it wasn't like that. You know what I mean? This was a friend of her well, father. She's kissing at you, yada, yada, Miguel. Yada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, uh, um, uh, one more thing. I, I need to ask you this: Is um, we know that Uhura doesn't get. A lot of depth, even though she's very well respected, we know the background of her. Do you feel that that's the the production notes telling Gene, "Hey, this is great, and all. We we you know we appreciate but we that. Don't but give her too much." Yeah, I because would mirror, not mirror, be surprised. The mirror member episode, which is the first, in my opinion, the first time we get to see Ohura as a character really flare out a bit, right? You know, where it's like. It's like the the banter with her and, and, evil, and, Sulu. and evil Sulu, and uh, also with the midriff. But there's power in in that sh that she evokes with that as well because because it's like listen you 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 mess with me Sulu. She you know, again. She's, I will. Uhura and General. They he make there are pains to. There's the Khan episode. She gets struck in the Khan episode, mm. but she's not a wilting flower. The bad guy hits her. And she, it's a, it's a, it's a rough thing to watch, but then she gets up and she stares at him right again, like do it again, do it again. Um, it's not again. It's not that Uhura was this forefront character, but she was always there, always part of the of the dynamic, and that was not anywhere else on TV that he could see. And then you add in the science fiction element. The this is where we're going. This is where we should go. Equality for all, and hey, look at what we can accomplish if we do that. It also bleeds into the movies too. The movies, um, Ohora is not necessarily at depth or anything like that. Right. It's 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 more of the same, basically, right? You get these scenes where she's interacting with some young lieutenant. You know, I think I think it. Uh, who I believe is Josh Brolin. Um, yes, I, I believe it's, I believe it's Josh right. Brolin. Um, here's the thing. The by the time the '80s and the films, the, those films roll around. Obviously, the landscape on so many other things had changed, and for that reason, I think yeah, it wasn't enough for her to just be there. They mm. should have. But that could be said about honestly, a lot of the Star Trek characters. You know, once we, you know, okay, let's we, we can do something with these guys. Mm -hmm. At the same time, no one was gonna outshine the, 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 the yeah the the the, tri the, the trio yeah. That, that was the main. Those were the main. Uh, yeah, I get that as well. Yeah. But that again, that doesn't, uh, that shouldn't uh, lessen what her impact was and how important that was. And as you said, Trek being what it is was already inspiring. You know, in the '60s, the engineers and STEM people f f that would be in the '70s and through the '80s and all the rest. And 
for her part, that she was bringing in the interest naturally of, you know, African Americans mm-hmm. yeah. into 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 areas of you know science and technology, engineering, mathematics. Um, they, did, uh, they did such a beautiful thing, and then next generation they have Worf, you know, like this really ugly malformed forehead black dude like, no stop he's a Klingon that's 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 a, plus there's Jordy plus there's a Jordy the one guy who can read out of any who reads out of anyone else exactly uh, yeah like um there's astronauts like uh May May Jemsen right she's um famous African-American astronaut at this point yeah they all who, everyone who showed know, up on the next uh, gen, on next gen right you know um and uh Whoopi Goldberg um very much influenced Again, by the, the smallest by thing uh, you know uh, my mom who we talked about before is a Trekkie uh, from, from the an original Trekkie that did matter to them that you could see a show where here's here's a white person but also next to them is a black person they're giving them dignity here's an Asian person they're giving them dignity and you know all through Trek all throughout Trek you would also have those cases where there, they have an episode where there's a black man who's a commodore. Oh my God, our, the star of our show, Kirk, is subordinate to a black man who's further up in the chain of command, or other characters of color. Um, uh, commodore Mendoza, I think, from uh, the uh, the Menagerie episode as well. This was a commonality in Trek. She was part of that. That Gene wanted to be there forefront. There, that was like, you knew what you were doing, and they knew that what they were treading on because. I don't think even you and I really understand, much less someone John's age, what they were, how the fire they were playing with. You know, you know, forget about something incendiary as like, you know, an attack or something. The simple fact is, it's like, look, we don't know if we broadcast this, if we're just going to lose all of our southern, mm-hmm. you know, networks. Are we going to lose all of our broadcasting, you know, you know, south of the Mason-Dixon line a, if we simply bold, have a, a black person stand. here and we're treating them this certain way? And and we are most definitely putting our thumb on a certain side because I know William Shatner very famously recently in a very dumb, dumb comment was all like, when did Star Trek get political? And I was like, Bill, motherfucker, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> you were there. The very He's Canadians. What do you the, want? The, He's the, Canadian. The, the very existence <laughs> of Uhuru on that show was a political statement in 1966, 67, 68. It was. It was saying, no, no, no. We know where are the thumb on the side, you know, what side we're putting our thumb on. And it's the side of MLK. It's the side of equality. It's the side of civil rights. Um... I, I can't say anything more um, uh, about it. Um, it is a it, you know it's a long, well lived life. She was uh, well liked by you know fans, respected and loved, res- and- very respected and loved. And it is a shame that her career was not um, more fruitful um, post post Trek. But again, she you know but it we was, just but it we was laid out what the difficulties were the- already of a black young. Even even a, a talented, charismatic, gorgeous black woman. It, it was, was the sign of the times that other people weren't. This with the sign of the times. Her appearance is a spark, and it's a spark that just at this point we are we're here in 2022, and um, okay. Obama so, having you know, having met her, you know, and 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 saying you know that he was a fan. 
I, you, it contributes to that. It contributes, uh, but you know, look at it very simply. The bookend here is that today, Zoe Saldana played to her and was also given a prim, a very prime spot in the biggest franchise the Marvel Cinematic Universe going right. And they said, you know what, your performance is Gamora. We're going to make that central. To this, to this story. Now, I understand someone could say, hey, she's playing a green-skinned alien, so, you know, uh, still, the performer is a woman of color. And they were like, yep, let it go. This is, you're, you are going to be a key part of this, of this story. So, um, a truly, a moment of silence for um, a, a groundbreaker, um, um, a lovely woman, and uh, truly one of the, you know, a, someone who is, very important to one of the cornerstone pop culture franchises in existence. A moment of silence for Nichelle Nichols. And we'll be back with some words from friends. Ghost Dog Studio. Another friend of the show, or should I say the mother uh, to be continues a fanboy podcast website, Tamara, runs Ghost Dog Studio. From film scoring and editing where imagination, sound, and ideas converge. That's ghostdogstudio.com. Go to ghostdogstudio.com. Freddy's Bar, a Brooklyn local institution located at 652 Fifth Avenue, Park Slope, Brooklyn, if you're thirsty and if you're looking to support local artists and musicians, come on over to Freddy's or check them out at freddysbar.com. Now, Johnny, you and I, we've played gigs here, right? Yeah. And they've got a whole back room full of live entertainment. So after a long week at working from home during these times, close up and come hang out with your buddies at Freddy's Bar. That's freddysbar.com. And we are back. Those are some words from friends. Uh, a little more, uh, a little something in the news here. Uh, a very odd situation that has a lot of people scratching their heads right now. Um, not without some clarity. I mean, it looks like there's there's more and more clarity. Um, Campia had a whole treatment on I it, know, I know, right? I know. Uh, but um, but okay. So out of nowhere, seemingly, um, we just finished up Comic Con. And we noted how DC had a lot of these, you know, projects in the pike that they seem to be doing. They did no advertisement for. Uh, some of that was understandable. We all said, OK, why aren't they having a flash panel? Well, Ezra Miller and his issues make that, a, a, you know, problematic. Why aren't they having an Aquaman panel? For Aquaman 2, well, Amber Heard and her issues make having such a thing problematic. Well, sort of connected to that Flash movie was the fact that we were going to get this Batgirl spinoff project. Not for theatrical release. It was going to but be... for HBO Max. HBO Max. It was going to have this new version of Batgirl and Michael Keaton in it playing a mentor version mm. of Batman. Also starring J.K. Simmons. J.K., they're basically including Snyderverse. The, the Snyderverse J.K. version Simmons. of... Which already, it's kind of weird. Was already, yeah, yeah. So this film was pretty much in the can. It was in, like, post-production, right? It was in right? post-production. 
uh, budget and, of seventy-five million. And okay, it wasn't uh, going to yeah, get a theatrical release, so already was the stakes were lower. But now we're hearing it is canceled, and it's not going to see the light of day. And you know what's weird about that is the fact that you know I was talking to John right before, and I said, you know, movies studios put out bad shit all the time. Bad shit that they know is bad. They want to recoup some kind of money of it, even if it's crap, even if they are more than well. Why would they nix this, especially after all of the heavy lifting? If you have your your the majority of your production done and it is just crossing I's and dotting T's and, you know, adding some post-production magic to it, why, why at that point are you cutting it out? And the answer to, like, a very simple answer is that um, in mid production, Warner Brothers had gone through a merger, right? You know, the merger between Warner Brothers and Discovery, not National Geographic's Discovery. Right. And today they are now known as Warner, uh, it was from Warner Brothers Media, I believe. Uh, Warner It's now known as Warner Brothers Discovery. Right. Uh, one entire new company with new brass, right. with a new and CEO. So, and so your thinking is, is that the tea leaves, as some others have laid it out, is simply, this is a victim of this reorganization that's happening, and somebody made a call for whatever reason due to this restructuring. Well, I think the hearsay stories that come out that have come out of this also, it's like, oh, it's it's been screened already. Some have said that it's it's that bad. Some have said some have said that it's it's okay, but either way, it doesn't justify for to recoup on the seventy five million. All, all I gotta say uh, is production. they released the Harley Quinn movie. They release Birds of Prey, and there are people out there who defend for, that movie. That's for a theatrical release, and I think I think theatrical releases. You think maybe they just couldn't get the 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 the, the return on investment? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because I think the margins are very different when they're the way they treat. But they the also, stuff, but see, right? they also. This is the other thing. They also they that's exactly what they they released the Snyderverse cut that way. Obviously, adding a lot of money. They may have spent more money on the Snyder cut than they did on the on this Batgirl movie. Well, look, I mean, um, now with this new CEO. Which I'm now hearing that uh, it's a sign of real, true leadership, right? You know, which is like we have a dir- I have a direction and we're leading us there, right? Uh, as as a matter of fact, uh, yesterday um, there was new news broke out that uh, the CEO he had a kind of like a little blurb, uh, a little quote where, and I'm again I'm paraphrasing. We have a ten year uh, plan. But similar plan, to what Kevin ten, but ten year plan for Warner Brothers in general and all of their movies, for, or ten years for the DC superhero I, comic. I characters. think it's uh, for the DC cine, the quote unquote the well, DC I hope so because universe. that's the only explanation for axing something like this and brings up implications. Mm. As I said, this was supposed to have been some sort of some sort of spinoff of this Flash mm. film. Well, how does this bode? Because I'm seeing. Yeah. I was. I, I was seeing tons of suddenly rumors. Is once the Batgirl movie got flash uh, slack, uh, it was like, oh, Flash is also getting canceled. Which, at this point, would we be surprised? Would we be honestly all that surprised if they were just like, this was unfortunately stillborn um, because of a confluence of events that we didn't have total control of. So we're just going to write it off 
it's again it's a speculation it's possible that the, the flash movie is probably key to a lot of things because it is an opportunity to soft reboot certain things right you know? if that even was 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 going to happen if that even yeah right you know because I, I, because I love, we have the the uh, the rocks movie uh, like right, down, we still down have the rocks movie coming out and again aquaman. And, and aquaman is still coming out probably and you then have like we had our conversation last time where it was just like Snyderverse is over. Hey, here's the Shazam trailer. By the way, here in the Shazam trailer, we're going to show Ezra Miller's Slash. We're going to show Aqua Momoa. Uh, and we're going to show Batfleck. Hmm. So, Snyderverse is done? Question mark? So, I, is that what is happening here? Is there, in fact, now a clear cut sort of like, nope, guess what? We're canning. We we shit can the Batgirl movie. We're probably gonna shit can the Flash movie. And I think this movie. is not the only. This is not the only project that they can. There was there was also something else that they decided to to scrap it as well. I, I forget the name of, of the project, but I, but it, this was never for theatrical release to begin with, right? So it's it's not like it was gonna make seismic. No, but it um, does. It does indicate certain, certain within things the D- DC like cinematic universe. One of the one of the big things about HBO Max was it's this place where you can see all the DC stuff, right? And they're definitely building a, a a portion of their viewership off of that. And you wouldn't be like, hey, let's release this Snyder Cut thing if they didn't think it was going to help mm. them with their subscriptions. So what does that mean when they're like, no, we're willing to cut bait on something with this with 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 Batgirl, which, you know, on paper sounds like a solid sort of like take on things. Uh, you know, count- OK, as being counters, this is all. This all makes sense, you know. Um, right, attacks right off. Maybe it maybe been it may, makes it, more sense it, than putting this out on um, uh, on on something that's not going to make as much money as that. money like, we, on per ticket. Re- yeah, yeah exactly. because it was going to be it wasn't going to be it's going to get it's going to get pirated even more. It would have cost money to uh, to to put in marketing. Right, and that may very well again. It may very well have been that 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 is part of the whole like there is a different mentality now, mm. and there is a lot less um, tolerance for sort of a more holistic sort of like it doesn't matter if it's bad. It builds the brand of this thing. Yada yada. I think maybe there is now more of a like like because look, um, it could be that they want an outrage. They want to see how many people out there really demand it. Then they put it out. Based on those numbers, you're like, wait a minute, 10 million people signed a petition. I will say that it has it is having a bit of a a Snyder verse, really a Snyder a Snyder it. cut feel that when you have a project that is you, the public has been told is nearly completed, mm. a project with Michael Keaton as Batman, they might want to see the demand. There may there there definitely will be people that will be like, I don't care what it is, I want to see it, even if it's just. A perverse, like, 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 maybe I want to see how bad it is, uh, but because you have that confluence of like, huh, this is this is him as Batman. Obviously, had to have been really big part of this show or this movie, whatever it is. Um, but any any merger deal, any business merger deal, will always result in people losing jobs. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, there's, there's uh, employment always casualties, casualties, right? Yeah. So. Um, here's another example um, that's that's connected to this. Uh, there, prior to HBO Max, there was something called HBO Go. Go. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then there's HBO. HBO. Like three different HBO right. apps. HBO, yeah. which is the award-winning, you know, mm-hmm. uh, machine that pumps out 
Game of Thrones and stuff. That's a whole other entity that, at this point, Warner Brother Discovery owns, right? But again, I'm hearing that HBO Go and HBO Max has sort of have to figure out who to let go and who to keep so that there is no more confusion, right? They are two separate mm-hmm. entities. Really? Yeah, they know. are. I didn't know that. So again, there there is will that, be jobs. Is that jobs ultimately lost. you know again is it is it uh, is there a real creative vision? And that's why this was nixed, or is this simply a victim of, as you said, corporate bean counters, or a mixture of, of both, of we know where we're going now, and uh, this, 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 and this just mm. doesn't fit, so hey, we're pulling the plug even if it was this close to fruition. I don't know. I've, I've been certainly, corporate- it's certainly, it's certainly, it bodes that something is going on. Yeah. Like, rather than, like, it, even this might not be the most positive thing anyone could see. Like, God, they, <coughs> they were almost finished with this film, and they just decided to pull the plug. That's not inspiring. At the same time, the flip could be, something's happening. To do something that dramatic, there's some movement happening somewhere. This, some, I only hope it's <laughs> not, here's the thing, I only hope it is not what I talked about the last time, mm. which is that, simply, is that this Warner Discovery new entity is all like, we're ne- we are not making Marvel Disney uh, returns on these characters, and we probably just aren't in a position to do that at all. So let's make as much money as we can on them as we own them now, mm-hmm. which is to just hand them over to somebody, just sell sell off the, sell sell those rights, make a big chunk of money. Because again, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are gigantic alone. That's billions upon billions upon billions of dollars. Then you got all the other things that they've got, some of which they've been semi-successful in building brands for the past 20 years, and they'll just like, we're going to sell off to another company, God knows, who knows, could even be Disney, and then it's like, because we don't know what to do with them, but at least we made money on this now this way. I hope it's not that, because that would put all of those characters in limbo for a long time. Even Even if someone went down to Kevin Feige and said... We're selling all the DC characters. What do you want? He gives them a huge bag of cash. More. Even Kevin Feige is not producing a new Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman next week. It would be, okay, well, this new entity's got to get its shit together and figure out this, and it's got to get funding for that, da, da, da. So that would still be like five, six, seven years before we would see anything. Now, I'll say this, that while this is really, this is kind of not good PR for Warner Brothers, Disney, the DC Cinematic Universe, the most exciting thing that's going to, occur is that there's a guy named Mel who is from accounting or from like some other department. He's got a box and he's like, well, I guess that's it for me. Hope you guys have a good life. And he walks out the door. And then meanwhile, like another guy named Jeff, who's going to be like, wow, I guess I'm taking Mel's spot, you know, uh, because uh, they're closing our offices on the other side of town. Right. And you have one big office, one big corporate um, entity. Yeah. And that's the most exciting thing that's that's going to happen. Well, like I said, uh, like I said, it's this is this is behind the scenes corporate shenanigans yeah. stuff. So, uh, there wasn't anything else, right, uh, that we wanted to cover. Um, Ms. Marvel, Ms. Marvel finale. I mean, <laughs> he's he's thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get some words from friends, and then we'll go to let's get Ms. some words from friends. See what they say. See what they say, and then we'll come back to Ms. Marvel. <laughs> to be continued fanboy podcast was also sponsored by pancake studios
You know, to be continued Fenway podcast, we were born here at Pancake Studios, and for the past five years, we have called this place home. Pancake Studios has come a long way from offering just audio services. They now offer Dolby Atmos and surround sound mixing, video recording, production and engineering, a full range of photography service, and sound design. It is your one-stop shop media production services. Go to pancakestudios.net. Orphan Guitars. Local friend of the show, Alex, who works at Orphan Guitars, can help you find out what you're looking for, whether vintage or the right musical equipment for your needs, brand names from Fenders to Gibsons, electric guitars, basses, guitar amps, just head over to 493 Court Street at OrphanGuitars.com. You know, John, they've also helped with the community making donations to local soup kitchens in the past. Brooklyn's coolest guitar shop. That's OrphanGuitars.com. Ma, ma, ma. And we are back. <laughs> having a Billy Idol moment here in the studio. Okay, so uh, Miss Marvel, we talked a little bit about it before in a previous episode. Um, it has finished it, its run. It was sort of concurrent with when Obi Wan was going on. Uh, we left you guys uh, after the second episode, and which means that there were four other episodes that had followed after. And here we are. And here we are. Now it has it. It's finished. Um, it has its implications for Marvel movies going forward because it is uh, in its own way. It's a lead in. Using that word a lot. Implications. Implications. Uh, it has. And now, a, if you're uh, always Sunny fan, yes, everyone you know, knows Glenn Howerton and the joke. Yeah, the we implication. Know. <laughs> we know. We know. <laughs> <laughs> I want you guys to get off with me. All right. Go okay. On. Anyway, uh, so I'm just going to say this right now. I'm just going to lay this out. I had the exact same issues with this series as I did with the Netflix Marvel series. Luke Cage. It just was a horrendous slog every single episode. Oh, does it end with her being a drug lord? Possibly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it it is was incredibly dull at times, and yet also way too in your face. Talking about Thor? No, I'm talking about this the Miss Marvel. Okay, and it um. Although, sorry. No, 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 John. No, John. Record that because you might as well just play that. It is what I'm going to say about Thor. <laughs> anyway, we could just copy and paste. Just this copy review. and paste this shit. Yeah. <laughs> at this point. At this point, because that's what Marvel's doing. Anyway, um, I I know that this show had a lot of headwinds uh, going against it, um, because right now you know getting into the sort of like anti woke Marvel bullshit that's on. What are you doing? What are you doing, John? What is this? I'm doing background music. For <laughs> your review. For my review. This is what I think of Miss Marvel. No, okay. <laughs> it's not. Anywho, <laughs> anywho, ha. Sorry. So, sorry. so. Right, I, I know that right now, because Marvel has hit sort of a bit of a divis, divisive rough patch with a bunch of their projects that have come out uh, post Endgame. Um, it hasn't been all automatic, smooth sailing, biggest hits, and everyone's in love with all these characters and those movies. It's been pretty hit or miss. Because it's all comedy now. Well, again, well, get into yeah. that. And, and so because of that, 
It's slapstick. You also have the issue of the fact that Feige had said, I am, I am definitely committing myself to diversity uh, when it comes to these characters. I'm going to give many more characters the spotlight. I'm going to cast more di diverse actors and performers, you know, all up and down, and that's race, that's religion, that's gender identification, all that. It's okay? feeling a little forced. No, well, here's the problem. The problem is that because these projects have not been all you know, embraced by the masses the way the, you know, the previous ones were. Well, now the anti-SJW crowd is like, you see? You see? He, he added all these, you know, colored people and females and fags. <laughs> and now Marvel sucks. And you Make don't want... Marvel white again. Essentially. Yes, John. <laughs> yes. And you don't want to add your voice to that chorus. Because they're not judging this for any, they weren't going to like it regardless just because it was about a person of color or someone whose creed or, or identity. They're not going to. They're not going to give judge it based on its the actual. And that's the thing. So you you, you feel you don't feel good when you when you when, you when don't you go, I don't feel that. Yeah, I don't want to add side. on to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to call spade a spade, and much like with Luke Cage. I like Luke Cage okay. actually. Uh, well, yeah, and I didn't. The and, beginning, the beginning. And it was the sort of thing where Luke Cage had this thing where each episode felt incredibly long, even though they weren't. It felt like a two-hour movie every episode. And because you're stretching out, uh, well, it felt like a two-hour movie where not a lot happened. I was in it for the love scenes. All right, yes, of course, we all were. With Foxy. Um, and unfortunately, that was the case here. And then the other half of it was... The other dynamic of when things were dull, when they weren't dull, it was because there was this incredibly over-the-top, in-your-face aesthetic with everything. With, like, she's a young girl, and she's a teenager, and here's cartoons in the background, and here's music, and da, 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 and yes, and, and world-beat hip-hop every five seconds. And I know all of this makes me sound like, uh, like an old fart, but... I didn't think any of this came together in any way that was particularly compelling or interesting. Um, and I, again, I feel bad. There was even, I told Ed that there was a scene where early on where it was, oh, this is a cute little family scene. And, and I don't know how to feel about it because I don't know if it's good or bad that that could be any family. And I mean that in this way. Like, you could have totally rewritten that and make them Hispanic and just changed a few of the specifics, whatever, instead of the kids. Essentially, just change the food to Spanish food, change the religious, uh, uh, you know, the super religious brother and you know, make him a charismatic. And you wouldn't necessarily <clears throat> have changed. And I guess that's good to sort of like see they're a Pakistani family, but they're just like us. Hey! It's relatable. But then there's also like, is that, I don't know, that's sort of like a weird sort of like scrubbing all of the, the uniqueness. Is yeah. it a weird, is it a weird almost version of whitewashing? I don't know. Okay. Oh, okay, I, and right. and so it didn't work that for you. You were very big on no, the no, superhero no, I'll, stuff, I'll, right? I'll, and, I, I'll, and also the superhero, I'll say. the superhero stuff wasn't <laughs> as particularly compelling or interesting or as well done as it was. They... I think that they, they <clears throat> it's a cast of thousands, and they could have whittled that down a lot. I mean, like, I'm just going to say this, John, if you didn't see it or not, but 
she has three separate love interests in this show. It's eight episodes, Ed, right? Or six, eight, six, ep- six episodes. <laughs> she has three different love interests. There's no time to develop any of those relationships or characters. This okay. is this overall. It came off as like sweethearted. And there's a natural liking of her as a character, but it. I don't think as a, it felt it had held, held together as a show or not, served her that. Your review is not any different than the first review. So no, it, never, it, it didn't improve. It did not improve. Look, 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 it didn't improve for me. No, I think what you're saying isn't. Um, I, I think it's it's uh, it's valid. You know, again, we're of, we're of a different age. You and I, are roughly the same age. This stuff is not made for us. Clearly, clearly, it's not made for us. Hang on, John. Sorry. <laughs> and um, and yeah, I like that. I do feel that uh, um, some of the things do come off as, and they make us. Uh, the fact of the matter is, we are old guys. Yes. Right. The music. Now, here's what I have to say about the music. Right. Which is can be very divisive. My wife watches it and she's like, I love the, I love the music and the atmospherics and what they're designing around it. Um, and I do feel that just like as when you and I watch the stuff that goes on in YouTube, there are young people who are trying to discover um, music from, a, from, yes, from yesteryears, right? You know, from a different time. The kid that lives three houses from me who uses my home gym He's listening to 80s music and he's trying to discover because the fact of the matter is there are a lot of kids today that are just completely lost and are just like trying to just find their way. Right. So what I'm saying is youth culture is um, is is you have to like you have to sympathize with the fact that what youth culture is really trying to just figure out their place in society. Right. You and I, we kind of know who we are, what we are. Now, I'm not defending this. I'm not necessarily defending nor disagreeing with what you're saying, okay? Six episodes down the line, there's just too much. There's too much family. There's too much, too much of the, uh, of too much, you know. Uh, three love interests. Three love interests, three love interest, okay? Polygamy. There's a lot, there, there, there is like this stab at like, oh, we want to give you these side stories with these other characters, like the the best friend who's also kind of a techie who's going to go to Caltech, the other best friend who's sort of running uh, um, wants to wants to be more involved in her in, in, in the mosque in, 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 in the community, and you're like why? Like even I'm going why? There really is it's so unnecessary, um, you know, just exposition of of mm-hmm. what's going on. Does it have anything to do with this one girl, Kamala Khan, right? Now, and I, I want to I ask you: Did we ever get the the Arabic Night Rider theme song? They might as well, and you know what? It would have been great. And no, because but here's, I love here's my feeling. Here's actually. my feeling. Unlike that. Miguel, I do feel that some of the music that they put in, some of the music choices, which are um, uh, they are very neo pop um, uh, um, pop remixes of things with with uh, you know. Um, Done in like yeah, in that Pakistan, world with that Pakistani. world beat hip hop, and, that, and know, that's great. Vibe. That is awesome stuff. Keep that in. All right, we need more of that. That's what I say. Um, but then there are these weird choices. It's like uh, oh, you know, like again, Bon Jovi. Like 
See, and there's okay. a fight scene where they put that in. Like it kind of works, but at the same time, I'm like, I would now I you would, go, you go. Your 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 whole argument is like, no kids are not listening to that. I disagree. No, 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 no. You you can even do the specific of that argument. Bon Jovi, fine. Her mother's generation, mm-hmm. absolutely, and that you get okay. She's singing the Shirelles, Ed. There's a whole so what there is. You the tell Shirelles me, is a you universal. Tell me, you tell has a universal a 14, message 15, to it. You say a 14, 15 year old so girl. So what? Because it's it's so forced. What? It's called forced. It's called instead of those things coming and feeling, you know, instead of feeling organic and to the experience of this Pakistani young filmmakers girl, do it, it felt, all the time. It feels more like what f- guys our age so what? think a 14, 15 year old kid should be into or should be about. And that's why even the world I don't understand stuff, the force stuff. I really don't because because there's no again I, there's no because there's, that, there's that's no, also there's at the, no girl that's also at the creative point of reference is 1950s that's also style at the creative music. choice it just isn't. that's also at the creative choice of, of, of the filmmakers who are trying to go you, we're going to go for something different but what else would they play you know like are they now here's the thing here's here's where the music nerd in me comes in the stuff the stuff that can't, comes before is way more uh, relevant than the stuff that they have now. Maybe there's because guess what? There's no Shirelles of this time. Music today. Well, is, okay, if they okay, if you're gonna do that scene where her heart bursts out because the guy that she likes, yeah. she thinks. What are you gonna use? What would you use? Why would okay? Double down on it. Make it on some, what? Double down on her identity. Make her suddenly burst out into like. Something that if you were Pakistani, you would recognize. For me, it would be like, is there like a Pakistani song that's related to like a Pakistani and, musical? And that's there like, goes like something like Gone, uh, not Gone with the Wind. What's uh, the sound of music? Something that would be kitschy and whatever. And there goes a debate of who she is in our eyes. Well, is she, I mean, like, is she Pakistani I'm first? Saying is if she you're, an if American you're first? Is she a superhero? Thing, then suddenly throwing and again, Bon Jovi made sense for the character stuff with the mom. The Shirelle stuff comes out of nowhere and doesn't make but that's, any sense. But that's the weird thing character. about. And that's just a small yeah, part. Yeah, that of is like, a very small part. It's a very. But that's part of this whole of like. Now, they, they spend a lot of time. The music is also part and parcel of not just the world beat hip hop stuff. It again, it is that. Oh, here's the dream sequence de- uh, 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 version of us doing this thing. Here's us with the writing on the wall coming alive behind us. Here's, and this is and this, everything is in your face. And I think this is the, music the, is in the your idea face, the animation of stuff. So the immigrant life, I think this is ultimately it's in the, you're all constantly negotiating. But this is what we're doing now. Right. You know, we're constantly negotiating between worlds and many worlds like, you know, especially if you're a teenager. And I and I think we're um, that is a whole other discussion and a debate about um the character itself, but here we're talking about six episodes, you know, um, is a little bit, or there's a little bit too much of everything, you know, um, maybe, and I, I, I can see if your argument is about there is just no laser beam focus on what's really going on, right? Well, yet, because, how about this? How about we cut out all that shit? How about that? Maybe. How about, how about we cut maybe? out all of the quick cut World beat hip hop music videos that they're doing every five seconds, and we cut out two of those love interests. Here's, here's <laughs> and we cut out all of the annoying dream sequences, and and actually have some fucking characterization. Here's the interesting thing: and the, get into some of the because they're covering way too much with her the past, and we time travel. Oh yeah, we time traveled in this in this series for an episode for no reason. We totally could have done the story without time traveling, but we did it anyway. 
Here's the interesting thing. Uh, the head writers... Um, also, by the way, also, by the way, just pointing this out right now, the way they did time travel in this show completely negates everything that they said about time travel since Endgame. Endgame. <laughs> Here's the interesting thing. Uh, the, the directors and the, um, the, the, show run, uh, the show runners, not the creator of, yeah, of the property, uh, Adil El Arbil, Arbi and Bilal Falal, forgive me if I'm mispr- uh, mispronouncing it, they were attached to that Batgirl. <laughs> oh, they were. They okay. were right. So, but it sounds. Like, I mean, they. You look at them. They're. They seem on the youngish side. They're in their. Yeah, 30s, they're, they're in their thirties, obviously. And um, you know, I think a lot of young directors um, have vision. Um, and then, for our to our effect, it might be a little bit too much. You know, uh, simplicity. You and I, we like the simplicity in things. Sometimes there's a lot going on now. Again, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but I do have to say this. I can watch Iman Villani all fucking day. Okay. What her, her as a performer. Watch how that comes out, Ed. That's <laughs> what? I just I'm just now imagining Well, you, I mean I'm imagining her as you, an actress. I'm imagining you in binoculars up on a hill somewhere. Well no, but I mean without <laughs> listen, without oh, okay, you yes, know, yes. and I get it. I, I know, yes, right? okay. But I mean yes. in all sincerity in all sincerity as an act as uh, watching her as She's an a actor, strong performer it is in this. Like I'm just flabbergasted how how good this girl's timing is, and it may very well be that you know that the that the material that's given to her, you know, um, like for example the episode six, which is the one big episode, which, in my opinion, I I'll watch over and over again. But that's not to say that I there's some things that I just don't I don't get or really don't enjoy. She has the the big battle, you know, with her and uh, the antagonist love, who uh, slash love interest, love interest right? number who three. He himself, he's kind of guarded. No, I'm his, sorry, he's love interest number two. Number two, he's he's got he's he got his own powers. He's the son of the main the, the, the main big bad villain who and had her own like moment. Yeah, of. they've been perished, right? And here and they're sort of going back and forth somewhere in in, in Jersey City, right? And uh, and I'm going. I'm watching this. I'm like, this is awesome. But Miguel, what is it about? Like you know, these bystanders. They just love. It's like a Ghostbuster scene where just they're watching. Like no, no, Ghostbusters, no, the, the, the police they're, line will protect us. The poli- you're right. You know, the police like, line will protect us. In it Ghostbusters, says, you have the masses. So I just assume they're watching everything from down below. You know, because oh, we're safe and here. It, well, and at least yes, at least in Ghostbusters, there's just like yes, there are many, many floors up. <laughs> right here, it is. Here like, it, it is the like, police line. They'll protect 20 us. Twenty feet away is a battle between. So these they're two one. Ones, they're yeah. they're in one faction, right? Yeah. And the other faction is Department of Damage Control because they're they're the true baddies. They're here, the real right? They're the ones who are. Whitey, like, Whitey is the real villain, right? I'm gonna fist bump you. I, I wouldn't. No, you're, okay. <laughs> uh, we don't mean that, by the way. We kind of mean that, but we don't. Wait, but no. Um, but on, but like, on honestly, right. it is. It, it, you know, every villain here has their exculpatory sort of like reasoning for doing stuff. Mm. Um, I, you know what? It's ex- funny. Except for, the dam- except for the damage. I didn't think Whitey. I thought it was like it's, it's government, government. They're the enemy yeah, here. But except Department y- y- of y- y- Damage y- y- Control. There really was this there, y- y- and that's the sort of again. There's a story to be told about that with some depth. Mm-hmm. The idea of 
hey, we're already a populist Bureaucratic. Group. We're, no, no. We're already a population who's under scrutiny. Okay? Mm, okay, all right. All right? We're already dealing with Department of Homeland Security, and now we got to fucking deal with shield and damage control because you think one of us might have powers. Yeah. There's a there's a great story well, there, to be done about that, but instead, the moment what do when we get? We get ten thousand different stories at the mosques. Damage control. They just they they come in. They've been there more than once, right? And they've been told like, take off your shoes. This is you don't do this at a mosque. Right. That this right? is that there are these delicate issues going around. By the second time, they don't even bother. You know, it's like, no, we're going to come here. We're going to do our search and seizure. You know, like, and then of course, like, do you have a warrant for this? Well, whatever the case is. There's a, even that. That's too much, you know. Uh, give us less of that. Give us less of the family. Give us less of the the, the buddies. The, I the, think the if you had if you had focused on uh, maximum three elements: Kamala powers, and then the superhero that's stuff. All right? I want to okay? see. And with that, I think you needed to bring in Monica Rambeau or Carol Danvers in some capacity. I love the idea of just watching um, I'm, uh, the character Kamala Khan, its greatest American hero, and she's learning her powers along the way. She, from, from the moment where she started realizing of her powers, they were just sort of like, oh, I'm doing things that by, um, it's very accidental. By the sixth episode, she's, yet she's still a novice at this, but she's full on. I'm going to be yeah, able to she, catch right, the police people. car that's being flung she at, can the, do at the masses. She fists and all the rest. And it's like, it's but awesome okay, right. to So what watch. I'm saying, like, you have, you know, three elements. The superhero stuff, mentor-mentee with some mm -hmm. adult character. Some kind of family question which relates to her identity. Her past, right. You know, that, again, the, the whole fact of here I am, I'm... Um, I'm a, I'm a young Pakistani girl in, in Jersey, and <clears throat> now I'm dealing with, on top of all the stuff, regular stuff, mm. I'm dealing with the superhero thing as, you know, as, as part of that. And, you know, the family dynamics can, you can establish there. And then third, some sort of subplot if you want to do a, 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 that's romantic. But you pick one character to do that with, uh, and you roll with it. And, and then, because they're so young, uh, to the point where you know this is not going to be a sexually consummated you know, thing in a Marvel movie, it is your element that you can roll over into when her next appearance. Oh, she's a little older, where is this relationship now? But instead, it is 10,000 different plots mm. with 10,000 different implications to them about what it were, and yeah. then at the end, what do we get? Implications. Ultimately... So here's John, Here, this is what happens in the post credit scene, right? Um, well, two, two important things. Two important things. Okay. Important thing number one. Oh, hey, white guy love interest, because that was the only thing that differentiated him. Is the, oh, yeah. The yeah, other yeah, two right, were okay. Pakistanis. White guy love interest is like, hey, I'm off to Caltech. But hey, before I go, hey, Kamala. Listen, Kamala, I've got something to tell you. Uh, you know, I did your, bro your brother asked me to do some further genetic testing because he was like, hey, if my little sister got superpowers, maybe I could get superpowers, too. Well, that anomaly that we saw into your thing, um, it's a little strange. One might even call it a mutation. <laughs> That's literally That's what they what do. Happens. Literally, so he says mutations, huge. and they do the, the jingle. The X-Men song? The X-Men oh. Now, that is huge. That's, That's huge going on for the MCU. Now, now the what does that mean, no, no, no. though? No, what does that mean? Does it mean that she is 
straight up a mutant? How does that even play into this? Because of course, they they gave her a she they they gave her an object that was a part of this. So I don't know how that played. Uh, Kevin Feige just said the other. Uh, I don't know if it's yesterday or the other day that mutants are won't. They're not going to bring in mutants until 2025, 2024. So post, it's going to be, right. again, we see yeah. it, post-Secret yeah. Wars. We, okay? already, we already talked about so, the timeline. Right. So the second, second, if I made one, the second is, one is is the is the post-credit scene of... Yeah, the post-credit scene of... Um, she's adjusted. Her family's cool with her being with she, the powers. It's her just, just falling onto the bed, you know, in, 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 in full costume. She's able to just have a breath of fresh air and just relax. And then her, her band... You want to call a nega band? Okay, I'm with you on that, right? I'm sorry, the 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 uh, that bangle that she's got, bangs. yeah. It starts glowing. She stands up, backs into the closet, and then she gets whooshed. Uh, out of she's nowhere, she's gone. And she's gone, and, and then place, Cal Danvers comes out, Captain Marvel, and Cal Danvers is like, sees this bedroom where, going on? Where, where there's nothing but her pictures posters. of her, because Kamala uh, idolizes Captain Marvel. That's why she chooses, you know, partially why she chooses the name Miss Marvel. So she's all of a sudden in this room and she's, oh, this is bad. She's like, no, 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 no. And she runs off credit and then off to credit. So the assumption would be that Captain Marvel was someplace else, most likely out in space doing something. Oh. And now she has switched places, which is a classic thing from Captain Marvel in the comics. And my line is, Miss Marvel will return in the Marvels. In the Marvels. So bringing a I'm I'm still excited about that, right? But I, I, I and with this character, so Miss I, I Marvel well. and Captain Marvel are two different characters. So. No, we don't have time to get into it. <laughs> I, I, I still haven't given you. I still haven't given you like the same name. There, there's, there's, there's an objection that I do have to the overall like run. There's a massive failure in, in how they present the, the antagonist, the enemy, the villain. You know, they weren't, they weren't interesting, right? Uh, this whole thing with the clandestines. I'm like, well, what? Are and, they? and what's worse, it was an in-name only thing because that is a thing from Marvel, right? But and this was nothing at all like what that was. It was just like, oh, we just want to use but that if name. The Marvels is sort of uh, a, a little teaser into in, into the what what's to come into the future, right? They want to be able to tie Ms. Marvel into something that's larger and 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 of, of, of consequence, Marvel-wise. Uh, what are these clandestines like? There's so that's a realm of jinns. Who, who knows? What what are who knows, they? Who Do cares? you know anything about this? Who knows? Who cares? That's the problem with that show, right? Right there. Didn't know it. Didn't care once I learned. There you go. <laughs> um, you know. Oh, we're from another realm. Okay, cool. And I guess we did interbreed here, but that's the other part. Yeah, where it's like. I like- why are we throwing around this is this is a problem by the way with Marvel in general where they're like Namor he is Marvel's first mutant no he's not he's a hybrid that's from the 60s by the way he's a hybrid his mother was fr- his mother is one he's thing his father is another way right so but that's Kamala Kamala would be a hybrid of whoever these people are and whatever powers they got. You can still be a mutant and be a hybrid. I guess, but it's like again, it's a wet that this is that's again that's a whole different conversation. There's so much in this show that is in that way muddled. It's like, hey, we just gate, we just told you why she can do what she can do. Her grandmother was from part of these clandestines from another universe. Great, I don't need anymore. Now, oh hey, uh, we just want to throw around the world mutant. 
even though no one's going to see anything until 2025. And it sounds like the MCU can be its own biggest enemy. um, Definitely. Because, because, you know, like, it's become one big marketing thing where it's like... But getting back to what you said, though, does this dampen my, my... what I'd wanting to see the Marvels. Not at all. If anything, it makes me... See, like, they right, threw yeah, breadcrumbs. Nice they threw breadcrumbs. It does make me want to see her, at Kamala, interact with Monica Rambeau, mm-hmm. interact with Carol Danvers. Um, and hopefully a movie would deliver, you know, a, a good version of that story. Like I said, I felt that, you know, you just roll over what I thought you were going to do with, with uh, Iron Man, Captain America, and Spider-Man. You, you make Kamala the character who is, like, torn between these two mentors, these two good people who just have their differences or, 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 or are, you know, have competing visions, and she's the one to bring them together. Now, um, I think that's all we're going to say about uh, Miss Marvel. And we're back with friends. And now, we uh, before break, um, John was, uh, he was using his camera and, and just shoving it in our faces to take some video footage. Paparazzi. Miguel says, I've seen an app before. I, I leave the room and I hear, when is there ever going to be a Joe app? There is one, Miguel. It's called America. <laughs> it's called America. And the Joe you were referring to is G.I. Joe. Just to be clear. Well, sure, of course. Of course. Of course. How is... I'm not even going to ask. We're moving on. How does how does America work? I don't. Yeah. Well, we're all asking that question right now. Well, then you need an update, and we need an update. We need to update that. My app. allegiance is to the republic, to democracy. You have done that yourself. How do you question America wearing that, sir? He's with a flat Antifa. cap. There. Thank you. Moving Miguel, on, Miguel. You're. You're like a lieutenant or sergeant in Antifa, right? It's a- not an organization, John. <laughs> it's an ideal. It's an ideal. It's each individual cell operates by its own authority. You have to get, I don't have time to get into it. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> Thor: Love and Thunder, because I'm giving it about. I'm giving uh, this review. You mean boring thunder? I'm giving. I'm giving this review as much sincerity and seriousness as Taika Waititi did to that fucking script and how he directed that movie. Yeah. I'm just going to say it right now. It wasn't good. It was it was it was this thoroughly thoroughly mediocre and at times when I started to think about it sometimes even offensive like pile of blah. I mean it it re- it really was. I am going to say this right now. I went to see it and got, yes, I saw it later than most, but I saw it in a theater that was like half full just about and from the beginning of that runtime until the end, I am just going to say this right now. There were maybe four out loud crowd laughs that entire runtime of that movie. And I thought at least that was going to be hit. I thought, it, I, I, thought I was going to come away going like, not necessarily for me, but I see why everyone else laughed, you know, and, and liked it. And yeah, the jokes landed. Here, Taika, he, it's a shotgun blast of comedy. At yeah. all times, and most of them do not land. Can I get the uh, the budget, the, the box office stuff out of the way first? Yeah, get out of the way. So, so it's already been two weeks uh, with a budget of $250 million. It's already made $669 million, right? And that's in two weeks. I don't know. Again, I, I said from the get-go, 
I don't think it's going to hit a billion. Um, but you saw it, what, yesterday? Two mm-hmm. days ago? And it was half full? I would say it was still half full. It's still one of the bigger movies it's out there. It's not even to Justice see. League numbers. Right, right. But it's also, you got to think of what's in competition right now. It's nothing. probably still the biggest movie, like, blockbuster type but film. But nothing's in competition. Yeah, exactly. Where, where, so, where did you see it, John? Uh, the Court. The Court? Okay. Yeah. How, how, how was it? I mean, were the seats filled? And you saw it yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, a much bigger um, yeah. theater, though. Yeah, it was about halfway. Yeah. yeah. So it's been yeah, and so I mean, it's the it's. I the, saw it during the day too. So right. So it's the block. The it's the blockbuster right now, and if you're gonna, you know, people are going to the theaters to see it. But like I said, my the audience reaction mirrored mine. I was surprised. I am not again. I don't want to project my reaction onto the audience. I'm telling you, like I'm there. I'm expecting he, <laughs> everyone to be laughing. And look. The moments that there was laughter, I was laughing along with it. It was a funny joke. It landed. But those were very few and far between, and that is surprising. Um, Ed, you saw it before me. You said uh, you were like, it, so you thought you said it was fun, but ultimately Yeah, because kind it's of like, like yeah. there's some, look, there's some really good things in this. Christian Bale, the movie starts off with Christian Bale as Gore, Gore the God Butcher, right? Um... And for you, those at home who are, like, scratching your head... That was a nice, pleasant surprise for me. I didn't even know he was in it. I was well, it, and, it's, and it's interesting because Gore... He looks nothing like the comic book Gore, the God Butcher. He looks right? nothing like Christian Bale But the either. story tracks, which is basically, you know, he had a... Um, a the a, loss of faith of a believer right? in his, And you he's know, sworn to, to just kill every single god that's out there, which is a whole entire... It's a Thor movie, right? So it's a space fantasy... Um, um, just shenanigans well, you, wait, going wait. on. Wait, wait, Are you saying, Ed, that there, that that raises implications <laughs> <laughs> that the film never bothers to fucking follow up on, or even think about, or even raise questions to the audience? Yeah, that's a huge part of the fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> this film, to me, Ed, was is the absolute pinnacle, sadly to say, of the Marvel formula. Of we are going to do a story that by its nature, and almost even in a way almost ad- advertise it, of this should have depth. The story that they're telling in this movie should have a crap ton of depth to it. But it has none. Nothing registers with you. It is The, att- the stabs at it are... You uh, you can tell where Taika Ta- Waititi's heart is, and you know what? It obviously was not in making Jane Foster's cancer story as heavy and and as impactful. And as And that's it could be. three track, right? You have Gore the God Butcher. He has his own storyline. Thor, who's finding his place at this point yeah. because he's done being Thor, right? So where does he go from here? And then there's Jane Foster cancer story, mm-hmm. who's also become Thor, right? Three different things, and uh, the convergence is like, oh, we have to do this. And now I have to say that uh, the convergence isn't that bad, but you're going so. The outcome is what again? Because, uh, you know, spoiler Thor becomes a a foster uncle dad to Gore, the God Butcher's child, who gets brought back to life by Infinity. Which raises its own question of, 
why didn't Thanos <laughs> do this if this right, was an option you know? <laughs> that also seemed to be a thing that you could probably like like like, like, like and let's... that's how I came up with the with the title right Thor God Love and Thunder you have the love oh yeah and you have thunder. yeah yeah Taika inserting <laughs> Korg into every frigging scene possible here the fact that again there are implications of stuff that are raised that it's like he doesn't this is the problem this is the Marvel formula of we're really making comedies with perfunctory like superhero shit in it and now we're choosing our directors based on how much they don't give a shit about that perfunctory stuff they uh, he pretty much takes um, Kenneth Branagh's origin story and just throws everything out of the uh, out of the girls. Now I didn't enjoy the first one. I mean, they, I mean in other words, no, no, you know what? I'll say this. No, the first one, the first Thor movie, oh. the for, first Thor movie was, um, was not as strong as I wanted it to be. You know, um, but I appreciate its reverence to the material. Now, at now, least in, right? in in retrospect, you're like, oh right, this is where our starting Lady point was. Lady Sif. Um, yeah, they got rid of all of that. One like, of the nobles. Well, yeah, Shakespeare they, stuff. They well, yeah, yeah. the Warriors three died in in the last one, and I, I I enjoyed the last one. Here, Lady Sif, she's just like a hanger on joke. Who they survivor. joke about her arm getting cut off? Yeah, this character who is a Thor romantic love interest from the comics. And he's all like, and, and, and instead of it's like, I will go to Valhalla. And like that scene <clears throat> sums up one of the biggest issues with this movie and why it's so muddled and dumb. Sorry, Taika. Because Taika's take is even when the characters are being legitimately sincere, that is still supposed to be funny. <sighs> My arm is broken off, but I will die and go to Valhalla. Yes, well, but you know that you can't go to Valhalla. If you'd only die, and you're only dying in the aftermath. And oh shit! I don't know what that's supposed to do. How I'm supposed to feel about that because it's like both legitimately like who these characters are, but he's making fun of who these characters are. Then let's get into well, before, the, wait, I, well, hold, like to, wait, one uh, more uh, thing. Okay. Sif, as I said, an important a female love interest. Like again, Jane Foster in the comics has always been this thing where it's like he can't be with her because she's mortal. So they. Stan figured that out early on and shifted from Jane Foster and, in, and, and all of that secret identity bullshit with Don Blake and said, okay, now it's going to be Sif and Thor, this warrior woman who is his equal, right? And since the beginning, you know, who, who they casted, you've been like, yes, let's go, let's move that forward or at least make an interesting love triangle. You can do something. Nope. Instead, she's a joke here. And who else is a joke, Ed? If you are a Thor fan, a, a Thor fan, yes, a Thor fan, <laughs> how do you feel about characters like the Warriors 3 just being referred to as, oh, that guy? And he lost a lot of friends, you know, like that guy. That guy is a character who has a long storied history in the Thor mythology and shouldn't just Out be. The window. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah. He doesn't matter to Thor as a person or a character. I, I'd like to know what, John, what, what did you think overall about. What about this watch? Well, as a millennial, you know it, had, it. It was it was fun. It was big. You know there was some decent action, but uh, but I agree with Miguel. It's just it's just a joke. You know the whole time is just a bunch of jokes in it. And know? it shouldn't have been given the uh, subject material. Uh, You're dealing with her cancer, their relationship, this whole thing with scared children. 
you could have done something, and it could still be. And here's the other thing: it could still be funny because here's the thing. As always, with you know, Taika with his Marvel with the Marvel bullshit, you didn't need to get rid of all of the jokes he had. Get rid of a quarter and half of them, and then use that time and space for other shit. I think after Thor one, they they felt pretty hurt from the criticism. No, 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 no. That's not. That's not even. That's not even close to the truth. I don't know what the real truth the, is, no, but but the, that's what I what I perceived. It's, it's, and then they're like, you know what? We really gotta four quadrant this up. We really gotta make them make them hilarious. Silly. We really gotta. And be, that's another part of we it. We gotta be frat, fratty, broy. You know. Yeah. Tell me, John, does Thor really learn anything in this story? Like, how does he change? At the beginning of the movie, he's a he's a dude bro guy <coughs> that has been traveling the universe kicking the crap out of evildoers. Cool. At the end of the movie, he's a cool dude, bro, traveling the universe, kicking the ad out of evildoers, and he's got a daughter. That, that is an interesting question because you, like, okay, if we were, if we had to make this academic, right, what is the, the overall thesis of, of, of this movie? Is it about, like, how gods are just shit, you know? And, uh, wait a minute, I'm a god. What am I to do? Yeah. How am I supposed to? Let's get into that. Right? Gore the God Butcher's whole, you know, reason for doing this is the gods are scumbags who don't deserve our, our, our worthiness. I'm going to steal a bunch of kids. and But my plan, He's my too. plan <laughs> hinges on the fact that there is at least one god out there <laughs> who's a cool mofo who's going to come for these kids. His whole plan doesn't work unless the thing that is motivating him isn't so. This is a and and you know what Ed, if all you care about is jokes, then that inconsistency in your story doesn't matter to you. I just am doing this is yeah this is perfunctory. I'm doing this as a mechanism to get these jokes out of the way. Now, Thor going to uh, uh, Infinity, right? You know, and meeting up with the other gods, which is a very comic book thing to do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, oh, wow, moment, Zeus, yeah. and again, joke, 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 there's, yeah. oh, Zeus, he's so cool, I, you know, like, I look up but to him. More implications. I look up to him. <laughs> I- implications. Okay, Ed? The word this, of the day is Where were those gods during all this other stuff, if they are around and indeed can come and go as they please? Were they affected by the snap? If not, why? If yes, again, further implications, you would think it would mean something, so on and so forth there's stuff you could have done and it's not and again it's it it it's it's not that uh zeus isn't hilarious you know um you know mr fighting around the world uh russell crowe is fun is funny and you could even see him (laughs) as a good formidable foil in a thor series of movies right you could see that paying off in some way but instead it is just joke there, there is, and this is the problem with all of the, the at, at least before I could say, with, with, well, at least the jokes are working. Here's a case where it was a shotgun shell of humor in your face every five minutes. Well, potential. And it didn't even work on that by the way, It wasn't even a funny movie. By the way, it's a joke with potential seismic consequences within the MCU because Zeus unleashing Hercules, which by the way, Miguel didn't know, but uh, like, uh, um, this is what before we saw the movie, he's like, uh, What's this? Is this some kind of joke that uh, they've casted someone named Brett Goldstein? And I'm like, what? Brett Goldstein? You mean the writer from Ted Lasso? 
that Brett Goldstein? And I'm like, I kind of see it. And then the, the post, the, the, the post credit where they just, I, it seems like they, they just slapped his face onto <laughs> some, someone's body. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Now, here's the thing. I want to see Brett Goldstein as Hercules. I just said it right there. Yeah. Right? I'm going to say it. That said, I'm like, uh, so. What does he normally look like? Brett Goldstein? Yeah. Like a soccer player. Okay. You know? Ted Lasso, which is a which is a comedy show about about uh, football players in the UK, right? You well, know? let's just put it in shape, but not Hemsworth as Thor in shape. And Hercules, yeah, uh, categoric categorically Kevin is supposed Servo. to be stronger than Thor of all, pretty much of all the the the. the it, well, again, guys, you right? have to imagine again if you're thinking of a guy who can go piss, you know, pound for saw, pound. We saw what Thor right. could do in this movie. If it's a guy who can face Thor, then Hercules is massively strong and probably should be massively muscular on top. And you know what? I probably you're right. They probably did do a whole thing where they were like, look, this movie that you may may or may not be in is years off. <laughs> years. Years off. Years. So you're gonna have the time. So we're just gonna <clears throat> put you in, you're gonna look, we're gonna give you a good body. Just prom you can you do that? Yeah, no problem. We'll get you a know, protein and you know I'll get yeah. uh, we'll write something on the show where I get really into steroids or some shit, so that'll explain it. And you know And it's a similar effect to what we just said about Miss Marvel. It's like uh it's like this movie completely disregards everything we know about Thor and Asgardians. I would love to watch Thor versus Hercules. You know, you know it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs. Yeah. You know, it's we're into this. That's all. Okay, I will say another thing. Here's another demerit in this movie. And <laughs> because you said, because you said, no, 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 because this is another important yeah. thing. You said, okay, that effect at the end there is very noticeable. You think, oh, it really looks like they just, you know, put his face on this body, the CG thing. The visual effects in this movie are oftentimes. <clears throat> Ugly. I wonder if it's uh, it's intentional because it's Taika. I think it's a part of the joke. That's see, <clears throat> I would if it were a consistent thing, and instead it really does look like because it's within one scene. It will literally be, oh my god, that looks great, and a character will turn like this and be like, yeah, what the But hell? I did say to you, I said like, uh, well, remember the movie. The whole movie is Korg, Korg telling, telling the, story. the story. So maybe it's you supposed... Know, it's but like, see, that's still... Gather there. around, well, you know let me tell you the that, tale you know of what? the then Viking you know okay. the space Okay, guess what? That's still a fucking piss-poor idea. <laughs> that's still a fucking piss-poor... Even if it's fucking intentionally done, you're going to tell me, give Taika Waititi this fig leaf that, oh, well, maybe he meant to do... It. No, no, it still comes off shittily. Let me ask... And, and ultimately, bad yeah. for... And also frustrating because there <laughs> are... If it were consistently where it's like, oh, it's supposed to look like this, fine... Not crazy about it, but instead there are legitimately well done special effects sequences in the movie that are dynamic. So I let love that you. first fight sequence with Thor and the Guardians. Let me, let me ask you guys a question, because obviously Marvel has doubled down, right? They they hired Tycho twice. Yep. Now he does this movie. It's Ragnarok times ten. Oh my god! And What's he gonna do? The Star Wars? Someone stop him! What, <laughs> where do you think they go? Go with I don't Thor think they, from here. I don't think they... Maybe he goes I, to retirement, Number right? one is I don't think that they hired... First off, Taika and Hemsworth were in the audience for the premiere night, and the last thing that comes up is Thor will return, and both Taika and Hemsworth were not aware that they were making more Thor. Oh, I didn't know this. Did you know this, Chris? <laughs> Chris again. Oh, I didn't know. No, can I, let, so, let me so, and I understand you wanting to use him again. You know, they've slimmed but, him down. But, but Honestly, him joke, if this though. movie, if this movie is totally... Yes. on purpose into a joke right. now. If we, He's but just a joke. In, but 
and so what's going on? But in an incredibly powerful joke. That is yeah, the yeah, one yeah. thing the film does not skimp on. He's he ends the film in no way, shape, or form less, if anything, more powerful than Thor has been ever since we've seen since the start of the MCU, right? L- let me ask you. So he's out there. This could be a thing where this is literally is a forgettable movie where we just don't like at most the next time Thor comes up, there'll be some little snippet about oh the kids at daycare <laughs> or like him drinking a Budweiser watching his daughter. Yeah, and then he gets in his thing from event, but no, there'll be something <laughs> like that, and we won't really get into it because they are going to use him again in the future. The obvious so, fact that we get Hercules at the end says we're going to get more Thor in the future. But I, I need to return to this uh, what what you were saying about the visual effects. Um, there's a scene where a tooth gnasher and tooth grinder they crash right into infinity, the the, the stained glass. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what what did you think about that because like I'm I'm like cutscene fucking level. Yeah, I'm like that. It, there were shots in this that looked like a two thousands, not even honestly a nineteen nineties PC like shooter game type shit. And I don't know again like that. I'm like, is that that's that's intentional, right? You know because or not, Ed. <laughs> See, don't sli- um I I'm uh. Um, I mentioned this before, again, that um, there are these scenes that are horribly green screen. Um, that's the, uh, when, especially when Thor meets Jane for the first time in her godly form, mm. right? Oh, and then that, ta- that, that town. Lo- that looked terribly green screened. Horribly green screened. And then I realized maybe it's because, here's the truth, that even with, even with all the technology we got, you still need good planning. You still need to block this thing out well. You still need, and I think Titus are like, oh, whoa, oh, oh, we got the green screen? Oh, and we can uh, do it over one? All right, well, so just, uh, you know, um, improv. You know, just to uh, do, and instead of having something that is well thought out and planned to meticulously to take into account all these things, he's just like, yeah, no, go do whatever you want. We've got the green screen, and you know, and instead of it coming out looking like he gets what he wants, I guess, from the characters in the story, but it ends up making it look shitty in that post once the post production comes in. Speaking of uh, characters, um, let's talk about Jane Foster. You know, I, I I would have to say she's one of the better elements of the movie. But and that's not, not by that's much. Insane, that, but not by much, right? You know, um, she's got something. I don't know. If we said this with, like yeah. that. That Portman, for once. She's doing something that she cares about, right? You know, like she her performance seems to comes be out. giving some effort here, but the material fails her. She's game, but they don't do what they need to do with this character. Once again, why? Because hey, we got we we got to have more scenes where Thor's a effing moron. You know, we got to have more jokes about <clears> like <throat> Korg whistling. That that's great, isn't it? We got to have we we got to we a- absolutely have to develop. Hamdel's son as a fan of Axel Rose. We got to do that. <laughs> this is the issue. This it's it is <coughs> the worst and but most exemplary, exemplary like find when it comes to like what's the Marvel formula and what are all of its bad points. Right here, we've taken these characters that have this history and we've not elevated them. We've simply dumbed them down. We are. Instead of having interesting reasons for her action, the action breaks seem to come because, hey, it's a superhero movie. It's got to have it those is, action breaks. It is like a project that, uh, you know, I think Bale says it 
where it's like, I did this movie because my kids told me to do this movie, right? Um, the three leads in this movie are parents, and it seems as if they all well, got together well, like, hey, I let's mean, do this for our kids, right? Well, you know? I, do you know how much? How, how much? Do you, how much what? Do you know how much their kids are involved in? They're in the movie. <laughs> yeah, literally. Love, They're in the movie. Love, at the end of the film, wielding Stormbreaker mm-hmm. with Hemsworth, is Hemsworth's actual daughter. <laughs> and that, I'm sorry, is just, that speaks to the sort of like approach Taika had. This really does less feel like we have a story we want to tell and more like Marvel's going to give me money to hang out with, with my, my kids. friends. Yeah. And that's fine for Adam Sandler's piece of shits. You know, I don't care about those. Hey. I don't want to know about them. Okay, well, well, what's, what's, do you have a problem with, with me? Don't even, yeah, that's not Do even, you have a problem with me? That's, that's <laughs> horrible. All of that was horrible. <laughs> I mean, it uh, should be a little somewhere like this. No, that sounds like uh, Bill Bill Murray from Caddyshack. No, no. No, Bill's like this. (laughs) I got that going for me. Now, okay, so... And since we're we're breaking out the Bill Murray impressions, I should tell you how much this fucking movie kept our attention. Bill Murray's appearing in some... Probably. Something in the coming... I forget which, but... I have a feeling not anymore. <laughs> I have a feeling not anymore. He will that's if a whole he needs the money, right? That's a whole other guy. He may need the money. May they need may the not money. want the bad press. Um, um, Thor but- returning, um, especially with Jane Foster now in Val- Valhalla, you don't show the, show a dead Jane Foster who's alive in Valhalla and not have her return in right. the future, yeah. right? Oh, uh, you don't show again Thor, Thor. So again, Thor is on the shelf, sort of. But he can be taken down from that shelf at any time. It's he's out there raising this kid, but as a a cosmic superhero, as a I'm just out here just like doing. But you know, at some point, <laughs> he will be brought back to Earth. He will be brought back into the Avengers. Um, there's it's, no way you hey, can listen, tell me he's not in that m- secret multiverse Wars. saga. His brother you is know. still out there, you know. <laughs> right? Seriously? Oh, I'm sorry. I I had I had Luke Hemsworth in my head when you said his brother. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Wasn't it wasn't it cute when the the born identity and uh, it was, and Doctor uh, and Doctor Mal- and, and 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 the doctor from uh, Jurassic Dr. Park Sanil. and you know wasn't it, wasn't that cute? Yeah, that was cute when they appeared. It wasn't cute now. <laughs> they ran it into the ground, <laughs> and that time could have been spent. I, I would have to say that and, as you know, like I, I always delight. With with those sort of things, but again, should it does it belong in a Thor movie? In uh, a Thor movie again that was supposed it was covering some ground. Like this the sec they did exactly what I was worried about, which was, oh, we're doing the we're doing the foster cancer story. Are they gonna give it its weight? And the answer was no. They gave it some weight. There was there was some weight. And that's the give give me more. Mm. Give me more if you had Really, if you had cut out a lot of these other characters, I don't know if this movie needed Korg in it. I don't know if this movie even needed Valkyrie in it. But if it had been Thor and Jane on an adventure and them reforging, quote unquote, their love, their, their sort of thing, and then, you know, the cancer thing coming up and being a part of it, that could have been something. The other thing also is uh, the runtime on this movie is 119 minutes. It's thereby like making it the shorter. shortest, the shortest MCU movie of all time. It's shorter than Ragnarok. Shorter than Ragnarok. 
about Ragnarok. You ask me who Thor is. The intro um, where where um, Thor is fighting Surtur's like minions, mm-hmm. like that fight scene, I will watch till the days come home, like till, till the cows come home. That is Thor, like action wise, you know, with with the way he is with with mm-hmm. Mjolnir. And Taika gave us that, right, but again, yes. but like like for whatever reason, we don't get anything else. You know, like well, even not, the not, badassery of the beginning of this movie, where Thor has Stormbreaker, and he goes into battle. Those effects are pretty good, and the fight, like, it's a good representation of what Thor can do. Mm-hmm. But even again, because of the weird, skewed comedy stuff, it didn't hit as hard as it could, probably could have. Like, it's like they fought. Oh, on, he's doing a uh, Van Damme. Split they fought in the on this fight. small little planet, this little planetoid. It's like watching, and I, I said, I said to myself, I'm like, what is this, like the little prince? Yeah, oh, at the end you there, know? that was, I appreciated sort of the idea that they were going for, the, the draining like of he's color. he's giving you a serial, like, it's something surreal. You know, type yeah. of surrealness, right? You know, where it's like, it's like, oh, I'm giving you. But not just surreal, now suddenly, this is the problem. Now suddenly, we got to take this seriously, right? Oh, oh, no more jokes. And it's, you I know people keep saying, no, 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 it's so easy. Do you just want one tone? It's not that I just want one tone, but here's the truth. This film has <laughs> only one tone, and when it goes into some other area, it's screeching to a halt. And I got to, the audience has to reorientate itself. You can't follow up fucking, like, uh, cancer with joke in that way, and then expect cancer to still have any weight to it. To, to, to still have any sort of like this meaning. This is Marvel cancer. <laughs> Which that raised its <laughs> that raises its own sort of like I, I'm so ultimately my my verdict. Had this been DC cancer? It would have been pretty this bad. Would have been really bad. It would have been bad. This would have been a five part miniseries on HBO Max. Well, you know, listen, it's uh, it's <laughs> what it's uh, um, the sixth highest grossing film of 2022. That accounts for something, I guess. Uh, But it also seems to be, as you've looked around, this, again, I don't want to be the ones, I think that there's definitely, if you look around on social media, you look on YouTube, Twitter, there are people piling on this. There's a mix. There's a mix. But but there's a piling on, and it's from the we're anti-woke, because the simple fact that they were doing the female Thor story pissed off a lot of people. It pissed off people when they did it in the comics, and then hearing that they were going to make a movie about it. Pissed off some people more. The fact that Valkyrie is black pisses off a lot of people. That Hemdale and his son are black pisses off a lot of people. I don't want to, you know, I'm not coming at it from that angle though. I haven't heard those reviews, but but sure. yeah, they, they, they I'm they're, sure they exist. They, and I that and that sort and so that's the it. thing. I don't want to be coming down on these projects and feel that I'm getting lumped in with that criticism. That's not why I'm really literally criticizing the fact that. This is poor creative endeavor. I, I, I would say that, you know, based on, you know, your, the way you, you project your feelings on this. Again, I'm with you on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't project feeling the way you do. It's irreverence. You know, it's Taika's irreverence to the material mm-hmm. because you, you say all the time, Miguel, which is, um, you know, I'm tired of, of dude this, bro Thor. The dude bro Thor. Give us the, the, um, the prince... I think to me the best space, the, the, best, the prince space the god best, or whatever you want to call it the best version of Thor, honestly, for the MCU was the th- version that they had in Infinity War. 
I've Thor talking to Rocket. I've been alive for 1,500 years. I've killed, I've killed twice as many enemies. Thanos is, and he's scared while he's saying it because he's bullshitting himself. That's what makes it this beautiful, dramatic moment. I've been alive for 1,500 years. I've killed twice as many people. Thanos is just another long line of bastards that have come here to feel my wrath. Fate has willed it so. He's never fought anyone like, he says, he's never fought anyone like me. Well, no, he has. <laughs> and you lost. Well, he never fought me twice. <laughs> That's just funny enough to pass the Marvel bullshit, right? But it's real. It's you. There's meat on that bones. You're hearing <clears throat> this guy who is scared, who is a god who's now facing death and is trying to psych himself up. Give me the noble warrior prince. Don't give me the dude who just sounds like he was an ex-football player who came from money or some shit, and now he's living in the real world or whatever it is that they're going for. I, I, I just think this was a very forgettable movie from beginning to end. And I will be surprised, like I said, given that it's kind of had a divisive reception, both critics but the fans too, that, like I said, at best... There'll be one small reference to the fact that Thor is now sort of a foster dad, but it will be like, 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 hey, don't you have a kid now? Oh, uh, yeah, she's at the babysitter. And that's it, and we'll never talk about this movie ever again. And here's the funny thing. It's like the, uh, you, we got a whiff of the Guardians. They're off to Guardians 3. And, uh, and it's like, at, what, and at, at this point, it's like, okay, it's, there really is no distinction uh, or there's a real, there's no gray area when it comes to like James Gunn and Taika at this point, except the fact that Taika won an actual Oscar with Jojo Rabbit. Um, but yeah, it's like Taika. I'm kind of I'm kind of hesitant to see what they would be willing to give him down the line. He's going to be directing Star Wars, I believe, a Star Wars movie, know. a project. I, I, He's going to be handling that type of honestly, project. Honestly, do you know what I think that Taika would be great at? Because I wouldn't give a fuck one way or. Give Taika Lobo. Give Taika Lobo. It is perfect for him to be like, who is a character that is all about making fun of sincerity? I'm going to ruin your day, Miguel. I'm going to do the question. <laughs> that would ruin my day. Um, <laughs> but it would be like, there's a character where it's all about, I hate superheroes and the insincerity of that, or feeling that all that shit isn't sincere. So because it presented as insincere, fine. Let him go off and do something like that. Give Taika a tick move. Maybe even that, but you know what? Even the tick is in its own way still a celebration of superhero stuff, even though it's a parody and it's making fun of it. Tyka's this is, from beginning to end, was sincerity is my kryptonite in this movie. I, I am going to make fun of the very notion of sincerity, and yet I still want you to feel, and that is a problem. You can't do that. You can't want to make fun of this shit and then have me feel awe that Jane Foster decides to use and Thor that, to get us. Like, is look, the thing, you it? made fun of that shit. You said that this world and everything in it is ridiculous and stupid, so why should I give a shit about her giving her life in this superhero world, in this ultimately ridiculous, like, setting? And I know it's ridiculous. That's part of the fun. I'm taking the ridiculous seriously. When your starting point is everything is insincere, it's hard to pull off the superheroic fiction stuff that is, the again, why I paid a ticket. I didn't come 
Marvel, I didn't come to see a comedy. If I wanted to see a comedy, I'd see a fucking comedy. He's, um, Taika's a, um, he's, in essence, he's an absurdist comedy guy um, who happened to stumble on satire, you know, with Jojo Rabbit. And he hit gold with Jojo Rabbit. Um, and the thing is, with absurdist humor, like, you, it's, this is as it is, you know, this is comic book stuff, right? This is, this is stuff that is I'll do fiction. You I'll do you one better. He has, literally has an interview where he says, I read one comic book and said I don't like it, so I'm just going to do whatever I want. Yeah, I, I know. I heard that one. I heard that one. Could you imagine, John? I, I, I want you to imagine, Ed, that John Watt, having been handed over the Spider-Man, the keys of Spider-Man, you know, by Marvel and Sony, in an interview says... Yeah, you know, I I only read one Spider-Man comic book, and I don't really like the way they dressed him or his powers or how he acted, so I just threw all that out there. Everyone would have lost their shit. Okay? Period. Um, I think that I, I am not one of these guys who usually go into this hyperbole, but I will, and we'll end it here. I honestly just want to end it here. You never, I never want to say, oh, they ruined this character, they ruined that character, but the truth is, at this point, whatever they've done with Thor these past two movies is not in any way, shape, or form what I want out of that character. His world and his supporting cast. I just, I don't, I don't, I, you know, if you want to laugh at Thor, laugh at him. But on top of that, at least actually make those jokes funny. This movie was not even like Ragnarok. It, was, it didn't even have all that many jokes that really worked. He was just like, here's, I'm just going to inundate you and hope that some of them land. So, yeah. Um, I don't think our next show is the Joe show, right? It's maybe, not, maybe. Maybe. We'll see how it's going. We'll see. But we have uh, we'll everywhere. See what, Ed, we'll see where, we'll where, see my, what, where, where my, my beret supplier has to say. Well, we'll see what General Hawk says. You know, uh, Everywhere, everything all at once, uh, we're, we're looking to do that. Um, we've got some other projects that are coming down the line. Um uh, anything else? Um, is there any? Is there any? There, I don't think there's anything big. It's like we were kind of waiting for 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 Ragnarok. I guess the is that is is um is Wakanda the next big one? No. Here's the thing, and I and I I, I did have this on text, right? <clears throat> Future topics. She Hulk. Turning it right. Off. Yes. That's oh right. House right of the, the Dragon. Yeah. Ring, rings of Power, which I hope that we do. Andor, which, by the way, if you haven't seen the, the, the trailer for Andor, go watch it. Okay. Um, the Sandman, question mark. Uh, I'm Groot, question mark, question mark. Last of Us is coming up. I definitely want to do that show. Um, maybe we'll talk about... If we're coming out of the wake of G.I. Joe, do we talk about Transformers? I don't know. Pray. Which is sort of like a prequel on yeah. Hulu, all right? Which is the Predator prequel. People have been talking about this. Have you seen it yet? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> we're getting it. Hey, we're getting Rick and Morty season six. Hold on. Wait a minute. What? You just, you just, just reminded me of, 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 uh, of, of Keegan's uh, Lando bit. Oh, <laughs> have you seen it? No, I no, have no, not. No, I have not. <laughs> It's the biggest film of all time. But I've got to go. I've got to go. <laughs> we got to go. So uh, Rick and Morty, season six. So, yeah. Until... And Jonathan Vergara's DBZ World. Yes, at some point we will. That's bullshit. It's got to look deep down inside itself and now find a power to be Freezer. 
If only King Kai was coaching Thor. I don't know what any of this means. Would have been good. Thor! You gotta <laughs> down inside yourself and they find the power to defeat Gore. <laughs> so, do you want to close? Will you, cl- will you close out the show? That Whatever that is? Sure. <laughs> and until next time. Until next time. Until next time, you suckers! To be continued! Thanks for listening to To Be Continued, the Fanboy Podcast. Thanks, Clark. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also our various platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Podcasts.